This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball with former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. and Odyssey Insider Cody Decker. Right back at you with another week of Big Time Baseball. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside my guy, Cody Decker. And, Cody, let's just dive right into it. Uh, We are about a month to go until uh, a month of sprinting uh, uh, as we go to the end of this season. Uh, A lot of races going on. We'll start with the Mets. Uh, They seemingly have, I don't know if we can quite say imploded at this point, but they certainly are not a team that is uh, is trending upward, if you would say. And now they have uh, caused somewhat of a of a ruckus uh, because of the way they've decided to handle booing. Um, I, I, I this is an uphill fight for them on on this one, Cody. Absolutely is. Keep in mind, this is this is a Mets team that a month ago was in first place. By quite a bit. Substantial amount of games. About four games, I believe. So looking back at this, actually, I can actually point the day when it changed. And I don't think it was because of the black uniforms, for the love of God. I just want to point out it's a great barometer of when things really went south for the Mets. Because when the Mets were dropped the black uniforms for the first time on July 30th, they were in first place by three and a half games in the NL East. Uh, since then, they've gone 7-22. and 22. It has been a dumpster fire in the Queens. It's been crazy how bad it's been. And that was after they even got Javi Baez during that time. And he came out, got hurt. Lindor got hurt. And no one, I, I think we've been talking about it all season. No one on this Mets team has lived up to their potential. This is a team that should, on paper, absolutely mash. And they don't. Like, not even remotely. Yeah, a couple of home runs we're here we're talking offensively. Nobody's offensively. up to there. Okay, gotcha. Offensively. P- Pitching-wise, that's the reason they were in first place for as long as they were. Right. And right. I can understand their frustration. I can understand fans' frustration because this is a team that's fallen, you know, 10 games back of 500 practically in that time. And, of course, the fans are disappointed. There was so much excitement in this season. I was excited for it. You were excited for it. We thought this team was absolutely for real. And they just yep. completely imploded the moment Jacob DeGrom hit that I.L., 
And yep. um, it's it's tragic that it happened this way. But what's happening now, I would actually say, is actually worse. Because it's not that players shouldn't get frustrated with fans booing them. Of course, they're your home fans. You want them to support you no matter what. But the reaction to it by the players, by Javi Baez, by the team, I think is so out of touch, it's honestly mm. painful. I have secondhand embarrassment for it. And I, I shouldn't have secondhand embarrassment for it. <laughs> secondhand like, yeah. embarrassment. <laughs> so bad. Like, I'm looking at him like, oh, what are you talking about, Javi? Don't. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, no, buddy. Yeah. No, not that. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, a, I'm a big Javi Baez fan. I want to make that abundantly clear. I just think this is a massive misstep by the team, the players. And obviously, with the statement put out by Sandy Alderson afterwards, this is a mess. Yeah, yeah. Uh... To say the least, I, I, I listen. I, I understand the frustration, right? I, I mean, the, the the booing can it can get under your skin. Uh, I, I'm sure at times it's 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 hurtful, but it, it comes along with the territory, right? Especially in New York City, like that is that is what we all know as athletes. It is expected when you walk into that city. Um, there are there are always high expectations, and not only are are they are their own are there always high expectations, but this is a, a fan base that when you are playing well, they treat you like gods, right? More so than any other place, uh, I think, in the United States. And so uh, you can't have it both ways, right? You can't because at the beginning of the season. It was quite the opposite. What there wasn't a lot of booze. There was a lot of uh, cheering, and um, they were in love with that team at that time. Uh, but now it's flipped on its head because they haven't played well. And I think you hit it on the head, Cody. The offensively, and it's not just Lindor. I mean, this is this is as a largely as a group. Maybe with the exception of Pete Alonso, uh, they have underperformed and. Uh, again, this comes with the territory in New York. And uh, my other question is, nobody thought that this was a bad idea and spoke up on it? Like, I get Javi being frustrated, right? He's it, it, This is a learning experience for him, right? He's never really been. Um, and Chicago's pretty tough, but I think they w- once they won that title, it, it, that fan base became a little bit different. They became a little bit uh, more, more relaxed, right? Yeah. But... In in New York, that's never been the case, and now he's dealing with that uh, for the first time. And, and listen, it, I, this is a learning experience for him. I think he'll he'll learn from this, but it, it's not a good look. And I'm surprised with the guys they have in that locker room. Nobody said anything, uh, and maybe they did. And, and it, this is just Javi speaking on it on his own. Uh, but it certainly looks like, uh, you know the it's caught on to with more than just a few people on that team that are kind of taking the shoulder of the blame for uh, initiating this. I mean, I don't think I need to tell you obviously, Tony, but like, you know, for listeners who may have never played on, you know, teams at a higher level, don't know the dichotomy of those teams, um, the dynamics of the teams. Normally when you're a new guy coming on the team, even if you're a star player, you, you know, it's not exactly like you come in and you just take it all over unless that's the plan. 
You know, you, you're normally when you go to a new team, you're one of the quieter voices in the room right. for that short amount of time. And this has been a short amount of time for Javier. He's been he's been around, and I I, I agree with you. Chicago is a tough place, but I'm going to say the friendly confines of Wrigley for him because forever he's going to be like borderline Mount Rushmore for Wrigleyville forever. So no matter what, he could do nothing wrong there. He could have said that in Chicago and the fans were like, oh, Javi being Javi. (laughs) But we're not in Wrigleyville anymore, man. You're in Queens and these people are a little different. These people are, take the hundred, take the hundred years that the Cubs fans were frustrated and just compound that just for 30 years. And that yeah. is just the Mets. The Mets truly feel like Mets fans truly feel like they are the stepchild of New York. They are a lot of anger and bitterness to them when they're not doing well. And what's yep. worse is the Yankees are playing great. So yep. Yep. to say that things are not going to be friendly in Queens right now when the team's playing bad and hobby, you're hitting 200 right now. I get it. You got 26 home runs. You're one of the most talented guys in baseball. But at the end of the day, your team isn't winning and you're not playing up to your ability. And to blame the fans on it is just flat out out of touch. Now, that doesn't mean you can't say things to fans. I I mean, I've Here, I have peep, had peep, my fair share. Peep this, Cody. Peep this. I don't even necessarily have them have a problem with them doing it, mm-hmm. right? I Why tell people about it? You could have very well have been doing that celebration, thumbs down, and kept it between you and the guys on the team. Nobody would have ever known. Nobody would have ever known. But instead, you decide, you know, in frustration to speak on it. And now it's going to it's caused a a bigger firestorm at this point, because you can't tell me that they're next at bat at home. The three individuals that were at least caught do or not caught, but on camera doing it. um, they're all going to get booed more. You think that this is only going to compound things. I think it's not going to, this is not going to make anything any better. I'm so glad you just made that point because I didn't even think of that point. Yeah. Why did you tell people what that was? <laughs> there was no reason to do it. Like, Zero. The, yeah. The Dodgers all year have been patting themselves on the head and they've been doing it to no, each other. No I idea. Have no what it idea means. why they do it. No clue. Not a clue. Never asked. It looks cool. Care. It looks cool. Yeah. I like it, but I don't yeah. know what it means. Yeah. And if I go up to Cody Bellinger, my, hey, what does that mean? And he responds, it's because we hate you fans. <laughs> then there would be a problem. <laughs> like, why did you just shut up? Just shut oh, up and say it's man. our thing. It's our new thing and we're going to do it. And we're going to live like this the rest of the season. And you know what? I would have honestly loved it because I would have been like, is that a message to the fans? Is it a message to each other? You know what? I don't care. I like it. Let's go. Exactly. But he had to go out and say something. That that changes that changes everything and and listen the the cold part is uh, as they've as they've started to slip right a lot of the teams in that division are playing well Braves mm-hmm. are playing well Philly is playing a little bit better I mean but they're seven and a half out there it's it's at this point it's tough to see them making a, a run they they would have to go on a tremendous thirty game sprint here in order to pull it off but. Um, it seems a little far-fetched at this point. It seems it's not impossible, but mathematically outrageously improbable. And it's not just because of the Mets. It's also because the Braves are arguably one of the best teams in the Amer- in the National League now. Like they are, And playing- always have, they always have had the t- potential to be that, mm-hmm. exactly that. Yes. And it's, again, I've said this before on other shows. I think I said it to you last week. Like this is a team that lost Acuna Jr. and got 
better somehow. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that is just off the charts. And like we talked about last week, Max Freed is doing Max Freed things again. They're starting to play like they should be playing. And I'm telling people that this is a team that really worries me in October for a team like the Giants or the Dodgers. Yeah. The well, man, now don't get me started on them. We just I, Padres just saw them for three, and we'll probably get to that for for a second uh, at the end of the show. But that team is really, really good, and they're really, really deep. So um, I would expect that that is a, a, a matchup that, if if it were to take place, would uh, would certainly not disappoint. Um, I so, mean, Tony, real quick before we move on yeah. from the the Mets thing, I got to know because we have talked about it and. How? What's your favorite way of dealing with fans that go a little far? Because, of course, you went viral a couple of years ago with <laughs> arguably one of the greatest videos I ever watched. And here, and it wasn't just what you were doing. Now, just to give audiences the full concept uh, so you know what it was, um, Tony was in, I believe, left field for the Dodgers at the time. Correct, Tony? Yeah. Yep. And yep. Was- he heard a fan just chiming away, chatting, chatting, chatting. And Tony puts his glove on top of his ass behind him, doesn't acknowledge the man at any point, and his glove is closed, and every time he hears the man's voice, he would open the glove and perfectly synced up with the man's voice and vocal cords to the point where I was so impressed that I thought maybe you took a ventriloquism class. Uh, no, I wish I had taken a, a ventriloquist class because it would have, it would, I would have been even more on point. No, the, the story behind that is the night before... Uh, Matt Kemp had got ejected from a game by Ted Barrett. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the next day, you know, I, I walked over to him in BP. I was like, here's what we're going to do, man. We're not, we're not going to say anything to anybody all, all day long. You got to stay in this game. Because at this time, uh, this is a year he had a chance at uh, 40-40 and, mm-hmm. and was pushing for the MVP. I was like, you got to stay in the lineup. So we won't say anything to anything, anybody, including the fans. So the game starts, and that same guy – Probably about by like the third inning, he he had had a a, a, a whole bunch of, of of liquor at this point. And <laughs> let me let me give full context, just so everybody knows. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, and I spent a lot of time at Left Field Pavilion. They are liquored up quite early. It is now. Wait, hold up, this go. isn't this isn't Colorado. This isn't oh, Colorado. Never mind. I so, apologize. I'm wrong. <laughs> so 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 he's wearing me out for the whole game, and at some point we end up tying the game. It's about the sixth inning, I believe. And I could, I, I had already told Kemp I couldn't. We weren't going to engage with with fans, you know, that was he, that were heckling. So the only thing I could think of, as he is starting to get into a rhythm, because he is intoxicated at this point. So there's 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 a rhythm to how he's talking. I was able to, you know, put my my glove on my ass basically and and, and basically, you know, mouth it perfectly. And I had no idea people were uh, were were paying attention until started to hear the laughter build. And at first my man thought that uh, they were laughing with him. But at some point I think he started to realize that they weren't laughing with him. They were laughing at him. And it's very rare, as you know, Cody, for you to win one of those battles with hecklers because they can just continue to go on and on while you're trying to concentrate. But that is one that I took home victorious. And and it, it happened to go viral. Oh yeah, it was it was a, it was not just a victory. It was it was a defeat in the first round with one punch. It was amazing. I, I mean, when I saw that video, I was just like, 
God, I love Tony. He's just better than all of us. He's just better than all of us. This is the greatest uh, thing I've ever seen. And I wish I got I thought of that before. I never seen it or heard of that. I'm like, ah, oh, it's the greatest. Uh, the only other story, only story I really have of this. Remember, remember the catcher Kyle Phillips? Yes, yes. Kyle, uh, I love. I absolutely loved Kyle Phillips, and he was with me in Double A San Antonio in 2011. At this point, he'd already been to the big leagues, and um, he was in big league camp with the team. He got sent down like the last day, and. For me, it was exciting because I'm going to double A for the first time and I'm going to play as a teammate for the beginning of the year, an ex-big leader. I've never done that. I was like, wow, that's really cool. I'm, I'm playing with a guy who was in the big leagues last year and he's going to be here with me in double A. And I remember it was like two weeks into the season. We're playing in Midland, Texas in front of maybe 300 people. And I, I remember <laughs> these guys were right behind, right behind, not our dugout, but the 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 on deck circle. And they were just yelling at me and Phillips the entire time. Just a couple of drunk college guys just screaming at me. And, and Kyle, while we're warming up, waiting, waiting for the lead off the inning, Kyle was hitting third. I was hitting fourth and Kyle's just sitting there. The guy's yelling at him, Phillips, you're never going to make it to the show. You are terrible. On and on and on for like five minutes as he's warming up, not saying a word. And at this time, I'm like, you can't really say anything to fans. I don't say anything to them. I just focus on myself. And then right before Kyle Phillips goes up, he just turns around, puts the bat on his shoulder. I've been in the big leagues for two years, son. How do you like me now? And the guy, and the guy's like, the guy looks at him. He's like, "What?" He's like, "I've been in the big leagues for two years. I've already, I've already beaten your little thing. You got anything else to say? I can buy and sell you. Anyways, I'm gonna hit a home run right now." He goes up to the plate, Homer's first pitch. Oh my gosh! Crosses home plate. The few fans that were there were laughing at this guy like crazy, and I'm sitting there I'm like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen." And I go up to the batter's box for my at bat, and I homer on first pitch as I was running down the third baseline. Kyle Phillips is running down the line with me yelling, say something to him, Dick! Say something to that guy right now! And I hit home plate, and instead of saying something, I just did, what was the bartender from Love Boat? I can't remember his name. I basically did a long finger point gesture to him with a smile, like I just poured him the best cocktail of his life. And I went into my dugout, and, our, and the whole stadium just erupted and cheered for me because I shut this guy up along with Kyle. It was the greatest. But for, uh, for wait for people that don't that, that don't understand, you fail so much as a hitter that those moments don't happen. Usually, the heckler says something, and I mean, even if you're getting hits three out of ten times, they usually will gamble and get that right, and you look, you know, you look bad going back. So those moments very rarely happen and when they do they are so sweet oh it was just it never happened again obviously because what are the odds that you're huckling a guy and then they say something to you and then you get back-to-back -back home runs and you get to embarrass the guy that is a rare moment but man i will remember it till the day i die no doubt no doubt let's uh let's go to some of the some of the good bad uh and the ugly as hell uh edition here on big time baseball the good, uh, I got a chance to witness this myself, Shohei Itani. He was already at 40 home runs, but he got to 20 stolen bases against the Padres uh, in the last series. And, man, I, at this point, I, I think you and I both agree he's the runaway uh, MVP uh, winner in the AL at this point. I mean, he's putting together things we've just never seen. 40-20, that's in rare, rare company uh, Brian Braun, Ro Ronald Acuna Jr., Christian Yelich, Curtis Granderson, um, some of the few that have done it. Um, this is just, it's just amazing, man. It is amazing to see what he's done all season long, Cody. 
Absolutely. And keep in mind some of those names you just said. Those those seasons that they had were MVP years. Oh, and also they didn't pitch to double digit wins for their team too. <laughs> right. Like right. it's amazing. It's just off the chart. It's what we were it's basically like in 2017 or 18 when he was draft when he was signed. This is what we were sold. This is what they were telling us what was going to happen. And then of course we right. had the the injuries and we didn't get to see it. And it came to the point where I'm like, ah, he's gonna be a great ball player and always be a good ball player, but he's never gonna be that. I mean, that's Honestly, it was it was out of the realm of reality that that could even take place, that a guy could dominate like this. And they were right. It took a few more years. But man, oh, man, what we're seeing from Shohei Otani, we will never see again. It's interesting doing some background uh, on the Angels, talking to some of their their guys who um, do the games uh, this weekend when we were out there. Um, they said one of the biggest changes is that they took all the the reins off. Remember when he came over, he had like restrictions, like he couldn't be in the lineup hitting, you know, two days before he was getting ready. Like there were all kinds of restrictions he had on him, plus the injuries. Um, and I, I think one of the things that was relayed that, listen, if you want to do what you set uh, set out to, to do over here, you got to be in there every day. And that seems to be uh, something that he has embraced and look at the kind of year he's been healthy all season long. And it's funny, you know, a lot of times, especially in today's game, there's so many restrictions on, you know, guys in general, especially guys who, who pitch. Uh, and it's interesting that they kind of took the reins off of him, and he seems to be thriving um, when they've done so. Yeah. And it's been, quite frankly, a blast to watch. It's almost been like watching a video game. It doesn't seem like it's been real. That's how it is. A, he, he's literally doing things that a lot of us got a chance to do in Little League, <laughs> like pitch, hit, do both well. Uh, you, you stop doing that pretty. Maybe some get to do it in high school. Right. <laughs> but for the most part, you stop doing that pretty early. This dude's doing it in the big leagues. He's doing it in the show. And just so people know how incredible that is, you mentioned that in Little League. Like like, like everybody else that played in the big leagues, I pitched and I played positions. But I did it too much as a little kid, and I tore my UCL at 13 <laughs> years old. Okay, so to say that this is a difficult thing to do at the Little League level, let alone the major league level, is just I, what I'm, I'm going to say it again. We're seeing something we will never see again. Yeah, no, 100% agree. All right, let's go to the bad. Uh, this includes my squad. Padres now trail uh, the Reds by a game and a half in the wild card to start this week. Uh, Reds have 30 games left, only 11 against teams above 500. Um, uh, uh, there's a lot of, of conversation about if the Padres fail, what what should be some of the consequences. Uh, listen, this, this Padre team, has a chance still. Um, yes. They're starting to get it's starting to get healthy with starting pitching. There's been some encouraging signs. Musgrove with a complete game. Snell had a terrific one uh, against the Dodgers. You um, Darvish, his first start back, although wasn't perfect, it was better. Uh, and now all of a sudden, Paddock could be coming off. He actually will come off today and pitch. Um, and they're hoping Arietta is also available. So. They're starting to get some pitchers back. These bullpen days have really taken a toll on the on the um, on the on the bullpen, mm-hmm. um, and more importantly, the offense has struggled. They just have not been putting up the runs. And um, if they're going to make a run, the offense is going to certainly have to pick it up. Yes, absolutely. This is a team that I we've talked about all year should be in the playoffs. Should be one of the teams contending for a World Series. Um, that being said, injuries have plagued them. 
And I do think there were a lot of missteps managerial-wise early on in the season. Not that I think that – I'm not one of those people who thinks Jace Tingler, we need to get Jace Tingler out of here. I'm not one of those guys. I think Jace Tingler has done a, a, a decent job with the San Diego Padres these last couple of years with a lot some mistakes that I think he, as a young manager still, can learn from. Right, I, right, I think right. this – yeah, this season I think he – we went to the bullpen a little too much early. Too many bullpen games early, taxing that bullpen a little early. Then you get your starters getting hurt to an already taxed bullpen. Then your bullpen starts getting hurt, and you're in a situation where we're running a skeleton crew out here in September, and that is not what you need. But like you mentioned, guys are starting to get healthy. Musgrove might be returning back to form. He's been looking pretty damn good lately. I still love this team, and they're only a game and a half out of that wild card spot. So I truly think this team will be in the playoffs. I do believe that. Um but what they're going to do in the playoffs, I think it's going to take them getting hot and lucky. Offensively, for sure. Uh, uh, quick caveat. I, I think part of the reason the uh, bullpen days were, or I shouldn't call it bull, going to the bullpen day, going to the bullpen early in the season was, I think there was that, you know, remember there's that big question on um, what the, the, you know, teams wanting to go light on the pitching early because they were uh, worried about the, uh, amount of added innings after the 60 game season. I know the Padres were, were were definitely concerned about that. Nobody it was a it was a kind of an uncharted territory. Uh and so they aired cautiously early. Obviously can't anticipate the injuries that they had that would force the bullpen to even pick up a, a bigger workload. But you also have to say the start pitching even when it was healthy wasn't giving them enough innings. This this ball club has been at the top or near the top of innings used, uh, bullpen innings, um, all season long. So uh, hopefully down the stretch, this starting rotation can kind of pick up the slack uh, so that this bullpen uh, can get some rest. And and, and lastly, uh, um, uh, so that this this offense this offense can start picking it up a, a little bit. So, um, I mean, we, we've already really did the ugly as hell. We don't really need to go over that. That, that was – I think that was the Mets, right? I mean, that oh, yeah. was – that was as bad as it gets. Now, this week, obviously, some big matchups to, to keep an eye on. Red Sox-Rays, uh, that starts tonight. That's a four-game set. Brewers-Giants, that's a four-game set. That starts tonight. Braves-Dodgers are, are, are a three-game set. That's uh, We'll start with those three. Red Sox-Rays. Red Sox got uh, to get it going here, and this is a tough team. This, this Rays team against the American League East is dominating right now. Absolutely. And this is honestly, I'm, I'm not putting a whole lot of weight behind the Red Sox. I do like them tonight. Yeah. I do like tonight's matchup for them. I really do. Pavetta versus Patino. I think the Red Sox could steal game one. Outside of that, though, this Rays team is just deadly. No way. There's almost like no ways to truly beat them because if you beat one one way, they find another way to beat you within the next two innings. It's a really impressive ball club to watch. And, you know, like we talked about with Jace Tingler learning from mistakes that he may have made that might not have seemed like mistakes at the time. I think we have the same thing with Kevin Cash over in Tampa Bay, who has made mistakes and none more glaring than the World Series last year. And I think this guy knows how to manage this team to win a World Series. Uh, Giants Brewers. I think this is uh, one of the marquee matchups of the week, next to the Braves versus Dodgers. Uh, these two teams are, have been really ju- Brewers, who I've liked all season long, uh, has has really started. They've ran away with the National League Central, and they've continued on a pace. Their offense has started to pick it up. The Giants, on the other hand, they they still. I, I won't even bring say say they have a horseshoe in their back pocket. This team is just good, mm-hmm. flat out can play. And uh, 
they're right now, uh, uh, they're doing a good job stiff arming the Dodgers who are coming on fast. Uh, this series, because this series, I think, is, is just before the Dodgers and Giants take on one, one another at the end of the week. So uh, there could be a chance for that series to have some movement should one or two uh, not play well in in these next series coming up. You're absolutely right. Not to mention this, the Dodgers blew a massive opportunity because the Giants just lost two of three to the Braves. Dodgers were playing the Rockies and lost two of three. So they are still in lockstep with the Giants. So this is a huge, huge week, not just for the National League, but especially the National League West. No doubt about it. Uh, We talked about uh, the Giants-Dodgers. Let's do a little power rank before we get out of here. I think both you and I would agree the Rays and Dodgers are still the two teams to beat. Out of the teams that you know are considered contenders, White Sox, Astros, Yankees, Red Sox, uh, 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 on the on the National League side, Giants, Reds, Braves, Brewers, throw the Padres in there. Who do you think is most capable? Let's start with the Rays of knocking them off. I think it is the Chicago White Sox. I think the Mm -hmm. Chicago White Sox are arguably the most powerful team in Major League Baseball. And not only that, they're the healthiest team in Major League Baseball now. Grandal just got back. They got uh, Jimenez back. They have everybody back at full strength. And when they start going offensively, you cannot stop them. And if they get a lead late in the game, and I know that we haven't seen the best out of Kimbrell since he's joined the team, but at the end of the day, he's Craig Kimbrell. You know he, you know who he is, and you know what he's bringing to the table. This team, I think, has a good chance to knock off the Rays. Uh, I 100% agree. I think it's the White Sox. They are the most complete team really other than the Rays. And I I would even argue that they're more complete than the Rays. Uh, This team has everything you need, top to bottom, bullpen, leadership. Uh, I don't think it's a mistake. Uh, Tony La Russa is uh, at the helm. I got to give him a little bit of credit on this. I mean, uh, this team was a very good team last year. Uh, They largely were the same team coming back. And I think they're, far better this year than they were last year so he deserves a little bit of credit for that and I'll, I'll pass that along let's go to the National League Dodgers who's the team you think can take them out the Atlanta Braves this team yeah. scares me and we're about to get a preview we're getting a preview today through Wednesday Dodgers and Braves Braves are in LA um, I'm I'm looking so forward to this series just just to see how real the Braves really are, because they just took two or three from the Giants, who are still in first place in the National League week West. They go ahead and they take two or three from the Dodgers. It's not a pipe dream. The, the Braves are here. Yeah, no, this team, um, this team is legit. Uh, but we could very well be talking like this on this Monday, come next week, have a completely di- different uh, perspective. They're seeing the same group that the Padres saw, Ordeus, Bueller, Scherzer. Uh, and all three of them, if they pitched like they pitched against the Padres, they were dominant. They were absolutely dominant. Um, now, you, you also got a, a, a good a good one for the Braves. Smiley's going for them today. You got uh, Morton coming on Tuesday, and then we talked about how well Max Fried has started to pick it up. Those will be some terrific matchups. Those will be some terrific games. We'll see how, how, how they roll because uh, certainly, as you mentioned, that's going to be a huge, huge uh, – part of what how this national league settles all right that's going to do it for this week uh i want to thank you guys for tuning in uh, to big time baseball once again make sure you check back every monday for new episodes for myself my man cody decker and john Heyman. 
Every episode is on the Odyssey app, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Leave us a comment and a five-star rating. We'll be sure to keep up the baseball conversation, and we'll keep it rolling. Until next time, I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. for Cody Decker. We'll see you guys next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.